Last week, several of us from St. Mark's attended a symposium at Pacific Lutheran University, which was all about migration. It took into consideration the migration of many different species, but mostly it focused on human migration and the impact that this has on all of us. And from the first presentation by Attorney General Bob Ferguson to the last one by Bishop Munib Yunan of the Lutheran Church in Palestine, the migration of refugees in our world today was a topic of special concern because we are living in a time when injustice and violence has led to a refugee crisis of epic proportions. And one of the ways that this crisis touches all of us is our shared experience of anxiety. At the symposium, an Italian scholar named Alessandro Mansuti talked about the anthropology of anxiety, the anthropology of anxiety that shapes our life together. It's not only a profound challenge for refugees, he said, but for the inhabitants of every land where refugees seek shelter. In his remarks, Dr. Mansuri then asked a very important question. And for me, it is a key question to ask as we listen for the truth in this first reading today from the book of Numbers. Thinking about the whole human family, we can ask as we hear this story, what does our anxiety tell us about ourselves. It would be hard to find a story that contained more elements of anxiety than the one we heard from numbers of these Jewish refugees who were fleeing Egypt because of a very well-founded fear of persecution. It is complicated, of course, because Egypt was not their home, but every refugee's story is unique. And in this case, the Israelites were not in their own home. They were not sure where their journey would take them. They were tired. They were afraid. They were acutely aware of their own vulnerability. And at the most basic level, they were even worried about daily accessibility to food and water. I can't personally identify with any of those extreme conditions, but I certainly know what it's like to be anxious. And I'm not surprised by the heightened level of anxiety that's reflected in their words to God and to Moses, especially when the snakes show up. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness, they ask. And for hearers of the story, this does seem to be a good point to stop and ask, what does this anxiety tell us about ourselves, about who we are? I don't want to oversimplify it, but it seems clear in this case that anxiety reveals how quickly we can turn against each other and against God. When we are anxious, we often panic, and we turn to harmful practices of accusing or blaming others, or even blaming God for the harsh circumstances of our lives. We can see this in a large scale today when we consider the ways that anxious people are responding to the refugee crisis in our world. But if we're honest, 
we can also see it on the much smaller, closer scale of our own lives. Because I think for all of us, too, anxiety turns us inward. It cuts us off from the relationships that are vital to our well-being. When we are anxious, we also become less trusting of other people and less trusting of God. And we become more and more isolated then in our own suffering. So what is the alternative path to take? When we come back to that Old Testament story today, we learn that trust is the key to everything. That has to be the reason that God responded to the people in the way that the storyteller recounts. When the presence of venomous snakes pushes their anxiety level off the charts, the Israelites plead with God to take away the serpents. But God does something different. Instead of taking away the snakes, God gives the people a way to live in a world that is filled with threats in all kinds. God says to Moses, make a poisonous serpent, set it on a pole, and then everyone who is bitten shall look at that and live. It seems strange, but it was a life lesson that Jews remember to this day. The snakes were the most immediate threat to their well-being, certainly. But in the big picture, they were just one manifestation of all of the troubles that this group of people would face throughout their journey, and especially in so many of the days ahead. Taking the snakes away would have been a quick fix, but it wouldn't have addressed the anthropology of anxiety that was deep within each one of these tired and weary refugees. What they needed, above all, is the same thing that we need in our journey that we make from birth to death. They needed to trust. They needed to trust that God would always give them what is necessary to live in a frightening and troubled world. They needed to trust that God's power was, in fact, stronger than every threat that they would face in their life. And that God's grace was sufficient for every new day. When I come to those familiar words of Jesus that we heard in the gospel today, I get the impression that he was trying to convey that same life lesson about trust to Nicodemus, the man who had come to him in the dark of night. God's deep love for the world is given to you and me, Jesus said. And when you look at me and when you put your faith and trust in me, you have a life that will never be taken away from you. And that's an important promise for all of us to hold in our hearts because it does get us through all of the harsh and frightening circumstances that we face as children of God. When I spoke privately with Bishop Munib Yunan of Palestine, I asked him if he saw signs of hope in the long road to peace in the Middle East and in the fight for equality in his own homeland. Right now, he said, I don't see any, but I'm trusting in the resurrection. 
It was a non-anxious way of saying that God would provide a way out of death into life, even in violent and threatening times. In many other conversations that I've had lately, people have said how hard it is to live without anxiety in our own country right now. Tensions are running high. Patience is running short. And even children and youth are anxious about the simple act of going to school. And when you add all of the anxiety-producing elements in our personal lives, it's clear that we all need what I saw in Bishop Yunnan. Because what he is doing, day in and day out, is turning his trust in the resurrection into concrete words and deeds that are centered in God's great love for all the world. In the end, that is what trust does for all of us. If anxiety turns us inward, trust is what turns us outward toward God, toward our neighbor. At that symposium on migration, we learned that the most important stage in the journey of any refugee is the stage that they can come to where there is action and engagement, use of their gifts for the sake of others. It doesn't just come at the end of the journey when they're fully settled, comfortable in a new place. It comes at every place along the way where their God-given gifts are used to help and to bless someone else, even in highly anxious times. St. Paul says that good works such as these are the very reason that you and I are created in Christ Jesus. And given the troubled nature of our world, I can see why that is of utmost importance, that we live out our calling in this way. The call to action and engagement may seem overwhelming when we think about all of the circumstances that we face, but we do leave this place today with the trustworthy promise that God's power is stronger than every single threat that you and I will face in our lives, and that God's grace is sufficient for every new day. Thanks be to God. Amen.